All right, we're speaking to our friend Katiana Azman again. She's a child psychologist, and today we're speaking about how to talk to our children about puberty. Thank you so much for joining us again, Katiana. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me back on a rather miserable morning, but thank you for having me back. <laughs> Now, Katiana, when do you know it is time? Is the right time to talk to your child about puberty? Are are there any like telltale signs uh, that we know that it this is the time that we should talk to our children? I think this is a very tricky um, question because I think that you know, unlike a lot of other things, there isn't like a specific age group or specific age that parents should be like, okay, my kid just turned five, time to have that chat. You know, so um, it really depends on a couple of factors. But the one thing, and I and I did a little bit of extra research just to make sure that I wasn't kind of missing anything. And one of the main things that comes across is it really um, is advisable for parents not to wait for their child to come to them and use that as a sign, right? So oftentimes parents just be like, "Oh, wait until you know my child has questions or my child you know comes back with a particular query, and then I will talk to them about it." Because there's a there, there's been research that's been done that shows that quite a large proportion of of children don't actually come forward mm. with those questions, right? Um, And so, generally speaking, a couple of things that we have to consider is, of course, the child's level of development. So, the general consensus that I came across was to try to have these chats with your kids when they're about eight years old. So, sort of like mid to you know mid primary is kind of the age where uh, conversations should start, and definitely earlier for girls than for boys. So, for boys, you could probably wait maybe a year or so different, but for girls, because you know, generally speaking, girls do achieve puberty or reach puberty faster than boys, mm. um, and so they don't. You know, you you don't want kids to be, especially you know, with girls getting their period and things like that. It can be a very frightening incident for kids if they if they're not prepped beforehand. So, a lot of the literature that I came across did uh, advise to have that chat as soon as you can, so that your child is prepared, but. Not so soon that your child won't understand what you're trying to say. So don't try having the puberty chat with your kid, and they're like two or three years old. Um, it's not going to register. So um, you know, upwards of about seven to ten seems to be kind of the comfortable bracket. Um, and it also depends on how mature your child is with communication. So if your child, for example, has a developmental delay or a cognitive delay, um, that might also impact their um, ability to comprehend what you're trying to tell them. But um, that seems to be sort of the general age bracket. Okay. Yeah. Like you said earlier, girls uh, reach puberty much sooner, generally, uh, compared to boys. Yeah. But should our yeah. approach with both genders be different uh, when it comes to this topic? Hmm. Well, I think that there are slight differences, just strictly based on what the children would respond to, right? Um, so, but in terms of the context, it seems to be relatively the same. So, all of the guidelines that we've been told and that I've looked up basically talk about explaining to kids the types of changes that will be happening in their body. So, for girls, what will be happening to their body? For boys, what will be happening to their body? Um, but to kind of approach it in um, a Sort of customizable way, depending on your child's personality, and also whether heart-to-heart conversations are normal with your child. Because I've been, you know, having conversations with parents where, with boys, they might not really be open to having heart-to-heart conversations as much. And so, sitting your son down and being like, "Son, you know, we need to talk about something," might. 
come across a bit odd. For so, voting. You know, yeah, you know, any child would just be like, I don't know what I've done. What have I done? Like, <laughs> no, but I mean, imagine a boy going like, okay, what in the world are you t- trying to talk to me about, right? Exactly, and it is a very, un- I mean, it is an uncomfortable topic for both parents and children. Um, and I think what's also really important to note is, you know, when I was doing all this research and looking for all these guidelines, all of these guidelines were uh, created contingent on the fact that kids are getting the education at school. Um, and as we know in Malaysia, sex education is something that we're still kind of, you know, not really doing very well. Most of the time, there's a talk. I mean, girls get, I remember when I was in school, girls got to get carted off and then we get to talk about your periods and they give you a whole stack of pads. And that's pretty much the extent of what I was exposed to, you know. Um, but the boys got a free period. So the boys didn't get much that day, but the girls got the talk. So um, I don't, I, I feel like from experience and from hearing from my kids or from my clients, Sex ed is not really something that we're doing quite, uh, quite um, sort of like in a standardized manner over here. So there's, you know, there's all this, there are all these guidelines where they said, you know, have a chat with your with your kid's teacher to understand what are the gaps that are missing and what the school's been telling them. But I think here in Malaysia, you might very well be the only person who is telling your child about mm. sex education and about puberty. So you know, that is something that is really, it's its more important than ever for parents to be able to have these conversations with your kids because they're not getting it anywhere else, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the general guideline is, you know, just try not to make it a very frightening conversation. Try not to make it a very scary one. Um, you know, the goal is that they will feel comfortable to come to you with questions, um, asking why is this happening? Why is that happening? Why does my body look like this? Um and for you to be able to approach it in as open a manner as possible um, and, you know, customize it based on what are the ways that you normally talk to your child, boy or girl, um, and then go from there. But try to stay away from the scary, you know, terminology and all the medical jargon that you Google on the internet. Try to kind of stay away from stuff like that um, and just have like a very simple conversation using very simple language terms and it should be fine. Question. Should a dad talk to the son about boy stuff and then a girl, the mom? You know, should it be separated that way? Or should it well, be mom and dad? Um, I think that in just terms of comfort, that's generally what's being done. And there hasn't really been um, any, you know, research or, or evidence to show that, there, that there's a problem with going sort of with your, um, you know, same gender parent to have these chats. Um, and I think that it's also for convenience because I've had some single dads having to have the puberty talk with their daughters. And it's often very strange, not strange, but difficult for them because they're like, I don't actually know what period feels like. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Dad tell me like, I don't actually know what period feels like. I know the science, but I don't, you know, so sometimes that might be easier just for dads to talk to boys and girls, uh, moms to talk to girls. But what I did find, which I also, um, which is really enlightening is that um, it is also encouraged for um, parents to tell their children about what puberty is like for the opposite gender. Hmm. So if you have a son, tell them about what's going through, what happens in puberty for girls and what they're going through, right? Give them a very basic outline of what periods are um, and then for girls the same thing with boys and sort of um, puberty and their voice breaking and all of that stuff um, and that's just to kind of encourage a more respectful sort of sort of conversation um, because you know the other topic that we do have to talk about and, and this is something that we teach with younger children versus older children is things like you know appropriate touching you know safe touching and things like that and so these are all things that we kind of have to navigate with our children because you know 
uh, one of the comments that one of the articles that I was reading was saying that you know we live in a very different time where even if we're not wanting to have these conversations with our kids the internet probably has done it for us yeah you know or or, te- or media or television so we kind of as parents have to get ahead of it and we do have to advise them on stuff like this so yeah but is it possible for a parent to overshare is there anything that we say that's appropriate or or is it like what's appropriate to say and what's not what not to freak them out right yeah, I mean, there's you can definitely overshare, right? So, you know, for me, if I had to kind of structure it out, I would kind of focus more on sort of the body changes of puberty that come with puberty when you're talking to your eight-year-old or your, eight, or your nine-year-old um, because those are the types of things that would be pressing at the time. Mm-hmm. And once they kind of reach, you know, in their teens and we're talking about sexual behavior, then you can kind of have a another conversation where, okay, now that you're kind of growing up, you know, there's a couple of things that we have to talk about, about, you know, being safe and blah, blah, blah. Um, those are the types of things that I would kind of reserve for when they're a slight, slightly older, yeah. um, just because you could, yeah, you could run the risk of oversharing and they'll just be like, what are we talking about? <laughs> you know, like that kind of come across if you're dealing with a seven or eight year old. Um, so yeah, I would kind of go with that. that but structure. but if we don't talk to them about puberty, right? Are there going to be any negative repercussions? Like, so, so we just let them go through life on their own, you know, or go through well, puberty I- on their own? I think that there is absolutely a risk for it kind of um, working out badly because again, like if you're not telling your daughter that at a certain age you're going to start bleeding, right, um, and in a pretty frightening place for for bleeding to take place, um, you could ri- run the risk of developing some type of traumatic response. Um, if we're not telling, um, you know, boys, for example, of what happens to girls, you know, they'll often kind of. There's been cases where kids get teased at school because, you know, girls stain their skirts or stain their shorts, and then you kind of have to deal with that. Um, But then I think, you know, that's kind of one side of it. But the part of it that I'm more concerned about is sort of what happens when they're not equipped with this information and they try to find it out themselves. Mm. Um, Because these conversations are happening amongst kids. They are happening in school. Like I said, social media, um, even just TV shows in general are now a lot more open talking about sexualized topics and puberty and all of that. And so we can't stop the fact that our kids are going to be just naturally very curious about it as they grow. Um, And if they're not, uh, if, you know, and and I've had this conversation with a lot of children who come from very conservative, very strict families where this topic is taboo, Mm -hmm. especially anything to do with sexual behavior they don't talk about. Um, And that ends to, that tends to end with them using the internet um, or using sort of other sources to find out. And that could lead them down a path that we don't really want them going down or them getting information that's probably not so great. Um, introducing them to sexual behavior and things like that in a, in, in a more skewed negative way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and I mean, you know, kind of with pornography or sexual grooming and all of that sort of dark twisty stuff. So, I always say that if parents can set a tone in their household where kids know that these topics are discussable, if that's a word, you can kind of ask parents about this, then that's the tone you want to set mm. because you are the only two adults that really um, are able to to do so with the child's best interest at heart. If your kid is getting it from the outside or from another adult in the outside world, then they could 
you know, it could kind of run the risk of it being negative. So try to be the ones who set the tone for your children. But Asian culture, though, nobody actually does yeah. the talk. But if right? the parents are no. really uncomfortable with not yeah. only doing the puberty talk and the sexual talk, yeah. right? Can we get like books or make them watch certain videos, you know, that yeah. that that are approved to instead yeah. of just having the talk with them? No, absolutely. You can use a lot of. I mean, sometimes it's really helpful. Also, depending on how old your your child is, if your child is on the younger side, um, videos and books and stuff like that might actually be a more gentle way of introducing them to these topics. But you still need to kind of have that window where, okay, so there's a couple of stuff that mommy and daddy want to talk to you about because now you're growing up. So there's a couple of videos and books and stuff that we bought for you to kind of make this easier. But if you have any questions, we're going to talk about it later. So mm. you need to be able to give them that window where you know if there are stuff that confuse me and i'm sure there will be um i can always go to them to talk about it so that still needs to be there um i get that it's a terrifying thing to sit your child down and um and have that conversation so you know if it would be easier to use you know books and stuff go ahead but still make sure that there is at the very least um that window with which they can kind of come to you if they need yeah. to um but yeah, that's what so I So we have to tell them, you, these are the books that you can read. These are the videos that you can watch. But if you have any questions, please do come to mommy or daddy to ask. Yeah. yeah. And if you can stomach it, be there, do it with them. Like read the books with them, go through, watch the video with them. Um, you know, because a lot of times they might just feel just very ashamed or uncomfortable and they don't really want to ask. And so what that means is that they'll probably ask their friends later on mm -hmm. um, and their friends are probably not as well-versed as you are. So yeah, we kind of want them to make, to feel um, comfortable despite it being an uncomfortable topic. I was just thinking about it because it, it's a very tar terrifying talk. I'm like, who's more terrified, the kids or the parents? Because the parents <laughs> are like... Parents. <laughs> Right. Yeah, probably the parents. Yeah. Because you don't want to say the wrong thing and then there's the possibility of oversharing what if they don't understand and then if they get curious, you know, and what yeah. do you do, you know? Well, you know, I have to say that that it wouldn't it's it's not unheard of of parents to actually partner up with their pediatrician or their psychologist to actually have the chat um, because they're worried about doing it by themselves. So I have had a couple of my clients where the parents have said we're kind of struggling with the birds and the bees talk and we're kind of struggling with kind of explaining to her about periods and stuff. Do you think that you could kind of um, help us with that or kind of have that chat with her? So I've had that task kind of fawned off to me a couple of times, you know, but, you know, at the end of the day, I always say to the kids, you know, after my little introduction with them, I say, you know, I know all of this stuff is really confusing. So if you have questions or if something doesn't make sense, make sure you go to mommy and daddy and ask and they'll be able to help you. You know, so I've kind of made sure that that, you know, bit is kind of with them. But yeah. Yeah. Now, Katya, now what other advice would you give to parents about talking mm -hmm. to their children about puberty? Yeah, I mean, like I said earlier, it's so important, especially in Malaysia, for us to be able, to, for parents to be able to have these talks because your kids are not getting it anywhere else. It's not part of the school curriculum, um, which means that they're only getting it, you know, via the internet. And a lot, and as we know, those sources might not be reliable and might even be dangerous depending on where they're going. So have these chats with your kids, despite how uncomfortable it is. Um, there is no set timeline, but of course, um, you know. 
before puberty would be good because at least you're giving them, you're preparing them rather than doing damage control. Um, and there are a lot of resources via the internet. Your pediatricians probably have brochures and information about it um, to actually prepare you for this conversation. So it's not something that you have to have unprepared and kind of like, oh, kind of struggle and do stuff like that. Um, but definitely something that's super important to have with kids um, because we want to be able to um, not just have them look at puberty as a normal, positive, not say positive, but normal thing, right? Um, but for them to also start off their life and exploring sexual behavior in a positive and healthy way. And those are the things that we kind of have to set the tone for.